The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What a world! Welcome all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is Arjo Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Writers, your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, July 28th, 2022. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I trust that your football heart is starting to become rather full because yesterday the Dallas Cowboys held their first practice of training camp, an extremely exciting thing. We are now fully, officially in the middle of training camp. We've been saying that kind of for a few days, and it's technically been true because they arrived in Oxnard earlier in the week. They had the press conference on Tuesday, but now there's a practice behind us. There are practices in front of us. We are literally squarely in the middle of things. And I said this on our live show on the YouTube channel. Please do subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. The way we love that you subscribe here to the Blog and the Boys podcast network. I do a live show there every single weekday afternoon. And my, my general takeaway, and I know it's super early, so obviously, you know, this is this is legit. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we, we can't really come to any kind of harsh conclusions about anything yet. It's so early. It's not even early. It's not even the beginning. It's just it's the, the complete and total genesis of who this football team is going to be. Um, but I, I found it so interesting, the stark contrast between what was Tuesday for the Cowboys and what was Wednesday, the, the evening that I'm putting this together. It's about 6 p.m. Central Time, just for full context. Um, I thought Tuesday was chaotic. I thought Tuesday was really dramatic for the Cowboys. I thought the opening press conference was one of the worst ones that the team has had in a very long time. I thought it only picked at at some of the, the more awkward kind of wounds that the team has tried to heal over in terms of the football of it all. Obviously, the, the Mike McCarthy factor, the, the free agency factor, what they did over the offseason, the salary cap space, et cetera, et cetera. I thought all the Cowboys did was kind of serve to incite those flames. But but then it was so interesting, um, and, and I'm not an auctioner this year, but you know, obviously, reading the fantastic work of, of all of our great friends who were there um, and, and kind of, you know, getting the vibe. Wednesday was totally different. Wednesday was just football. And I really, really think that I attribute that to Mike McCarthy. And it, it comes back to where, if you've listened to me before, I, I've, I've long said that I don't think Mike McCarthy gets enough credit. I don't think he gets enough credit as a football coach in general, but I certainly don't think he gets enough credit for, for steadying the waters that involve the, the, the turbulence that, that comes with being the head coach of this team specifically. We we know the the 
the difficulties that, that being the Dallas Cowboys head coach can entail. One of them is that literally two days ago, your owner, if you're Mike McCarthy and general manager and president, uh, said, yeah, I got your back, but I had choices. You know, so I, I really it was such a different feel. It was all about football. Um, and, and I think that Mike McCarthy deserves credit for that. And this isn't me getting roped back in. We all still have our, our qualms with the way the team was put together over this offseason. But it, it kind of feels and, and maybe we've just kind of needed this, right? Like maybe we've kind of needed it to get you know, start just start moving, right? Um, it, it, it feels to me like the the moment, um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Office, right? Super, super, um, you know, um, tiny show. Uh, but there's an episode of The Office when Michael has gone to start the Michael Scott Paper Company, uh, a different Michael, not McCarthy. And um, and, and and Pam has, has gone to join him, right? And, and, you know, this is kind of a weirder part of The Office. You know, when they're not in, in you know, in Dunder Mifflin, everything just feels awkward to me. But anyway, uh, Pam has gone to join him. She is supporting him. She is a part of the Michael Scott paper company. And she shows up to his house. He's in his robe. He's, he's all disheveled. He, he's, you know, lost kind of confidence in his ability to run this new paper company. Um, and, and Pam is, is trying to motivate him because now her livelihood is resting on Michael Scott and, and their ability to kind of, you know, churn out sales and, and be a, a productive company together. And so she says, let's just make a list, right? Let's, let's literally make a list that says, like, get dressed. Right? Like, let's just kind of start checking off things off the list. Get dressed, eat breakfast, tie our shoes, right? The most mundane, simple tasks so that you can kind of feel this sense of accomplishment. You can start to kind of build momentum. And I think that's kind of what I'm feeling with regards to the Cowboys. You know, Wednesday was a, a light practice. It was shorts and, and jerseys and, you know, and the coveted uh, red jerseys for the quarterbacks, by the way, and helmets, right? It's not a big deal. There's just light action happening. There's there's nothing that you can totally take away from it that is, is legitimate, right? It's not like Michael Scott sold a bunch of paper or whatever in those opening moments of that episode. It's just literally taking one foot forward. And I really think that this football team, this football fandom needed that. I think we really, it's just been such a, a, a stretch, right, since the season ended at the hand of the San Francisco 49ers, that this was a really, really welcome kind of breath of fresh air. Um, you know, and, and so in that sense, I attribute that to Mike McCarthy for kind of, you know, making sure they got here. I mean, it felt like an impossible thing at times. Um, we, every single Dallas Cowboys practice, put together a recap post for you at bloggingtheboys.com. We get things out on social as well. Like I said, we have the live show on YouTube. Um, and so some of the things that happened um, were, were a little bit more headliney, uh, but I thought they were worth discussing here as well. And by the way, you know, the, the biggest headlines are discussed on, on the Dallas Cowboys Daily Show that we now have here on the podcast network that Jess hosts. She does a great job. Uh, so I know you get some of this there, but I just wanted to add some some extra little bit of context. Uh, Connor McGovern got the first reps at left guard. Um, you know, th that has felt like a really... Um, not competition, right? It's really felt like the Cowboys are just kind of prepared to hand Tyler Smith the keys to the starting left guard spot. So I do find it interesting. I don't know how much I believe that is um, symbolic, right? Like, you got to earn your stripes. You got to earn the star, you know, whatever. As much as it is like, hey, um, you know, let's just... Yeah, let's, let's let's just give this guy, you know, a, let's wade him in, right? This is the NFL now. Things are a little bit different. Um, and, and so, I don't know. I, I'm very interested to see the progression of Tyler Smith. How much work is he going to get at left tackle? How, is he going to get any work at all? Is he only going to get work at left guard? Is he going to split that time with Connor McGovern? Because you can make an argument that he needs as much work as possible, right? And so, I don't like the idea of, of Tyler Smith splitting any kind of work because, again, he's such a sponge at this point in time. And this season is so dependent on him, right, as the starting left guard. And, and potentially as, as, a, as a swing tackle of sorts. I mentioned that uh, on our roundtable show. I know Kyle Yeoman's kind of toyed with that idea when he, he jumped on with the fellows on first and 10 this week. But 
I mean, Kyle, you, I mean, not Kyle. Kyle shouldn't be taking reps off either. Kyle, I know you're, you're working hard. But Tyler Smith should in no way be taking any kind of reps off. Um, and again, it was the first day, so I'm not, not trying to overreact her, but I thought that was notable. Um, also notable how James Washington was used. I, I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of things, obviously, we all have on the wide receivers and that position group as a whole. And, and anytime you talk about it, it's CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup when he's healthy, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, Simi Fajoko, TJ Vasher. Like James Washington is the forgotten man. I know that there are the stands out there who are, are, are team James Washington forever, J-Dub, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, like, I'm, I have not at any point this offseason been at a point where I've expected much from him. I, I think he's a journeyman wide receiver, but, you know, he was being used, again, in, in these light practices that we shouldn't take any sort of hard stance or, or, or yield some sort of hard result from, but, but being used in, in as a deep threat. And I, you know, we really, obviously, the Cowboys need that. They do not kind of, they don't have that switch in their arsenal right now. And so James Washington offers that. He did need to see the trainers, and so you kind of wonder, you're kind of worried. I did find it interesting as well that Mike McCarthy in his press conference on Wednesday specifically said when he was talking about Jabril Cox, who was not on the pup list, um, and James Washington, that they had to take it slow with them. So again, you know, of the four players on the pup list, Jabril Cox, James Washington, that included, but it's very clear that the Cowboys are, are, are not ready to just full go with them yet. Just be, it's a huge victory that in Jabril Cox's case, he's not on the pup list, but that doesn't mean that, you know, everything is, is, is hunky-dory at this point. And that's not to say that everything's terrible. It's just sometimes you have to go slow. Sometimes it is a process. Sometimes it is making that simplified list that we talked about, like Pam did with Michael Scott. Micah Parsons was amazing. Uh, of course, I'm really, if I'm allowing myself to um, kind of buy into any kind of hype, um, and obviously I don't not believe in Micah Parsons, but I, I believe in logic and I believe in data and uh, I believe in historical trends and, and all of that points to some sort of statistical regression from Micah Parsons. That's been my point all offseason is that it, it's incredibly likely that we'll see some sort of statistical regression from the likes of Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, but that they can also develop as players in parallel with that. Um, I'm starting to kind of let myself believe, you know what, Micah Parsons is just the exception. He's going to be, he, he's a freak. He's the fastest kid alive type of thing. Micah was incredible all over the place. Again, a light practice. That context is necessary, uh, but it's great to see him basically just pick up exactly where he left off. Um, the last thing, last thing I really wanted to kind of just just think about, just kind of get your thoughts on. Um, Anthony Brown had the first interception of camp and whatever, but, um, but I, I think you know, it, it's easy to poke holes in a lot of places on this roster, right? It's not difficult, but we, we've done it, you know, different times and we've just kind of examined what the Dallas Cowboys are carrying here into 2022. But if we, if we're, if we're looking, if, if the question is, was what places are we maybe, are we maybe not identifying, you know, legitimate points of stability I think corner is one I think the secondary as a whole I know that take has already been out there a lot of people talking about the the, the low-key depth that Dallas has at safety when you talk about you know Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker Donovan Wilson um, you know Marquise Bell we'll see Israel Mukwamu I mean there's a lot of options there and, and, and that's a new kind of thing right like options at the safety position and I know Jaron you know kind of a little bit of a linebacker and, and whatever but still like that you get the point uh, but I think corner is two and I think that as a whole, the secondary is is kind of legit. I mean, this this is maybe the most confidence. This is maybe the highest floor I'd say I have felt like the secondary has had in a very long time. And Anthony Brown is a big reason for that. I know that the the sort of like 
you know, hype that people have for a corner taking a step this year is is with Kelvin Joseph. And, and obviously, again, that's sort of a TBD situation. Um, but but Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs is, is right, the, the guy, right? Trayvon Diggs is, is the alpha of the group. Okay, cool. We all agree there. I think a lot of people just kind of expect Kelvin Joseph to to become sort of the secondary wing there. I don't know that I'm, I'm ready to kind of, you know, forfeit Anthony Brown. I, I, I think, you know, Trayvon got all the headlines last year, rightfully so, but Anthony Brown had a somewhat successful season. I know he had a terrible game on Thanksgiving. I know he pissed off a lot of Cowboys fans, and I know it's difficult to kind of walk that back and, and, and have everybody love you again, and he's had that kind of up-and-down career where he's either had these big moments that we loved and appreciated, or he's just kind of been in the wrong spot at the wrong time and therefore was was kind of just the, the butt of the joke but but Anthony Brown is a really stable veteran I think he's a really quality player and so when you look at it, it further down the line you know when it comes to the, the top four corners on this team and, and obviously Jordan Lewis is, is, is your nickel corner I mean I, I have not felt this solid and that's the word I'll use solid about the state of the cornerback position the state of the secondary on the Dallas Cowboys in maybe 10 years I mean just Again, and and some of that is because they have a superstar, right? I have felt like okay, they have some guys that can kind of make their way and handle their business. But when you have a superstar and then you have high floors in other places in the same position group, that is a really interesting and fun thing to kind of consider. And so, I know it's it's day one, or I know that yesterday was day one rather, and I know that you know we're gonna have another day today and another day tomorrow, and we're gonna learn more and and figure out more, and and things are gonna happen and things are gonna change, and that's just kind of the, the way this whole thing goes, and it's exciting, it's part of the fun of it all. Um, I, I'm I don't think that there's been some sort of like magic dust that's been sprinkled on the Cowboys to where now all of a sudden we think they're great, but I think that. I think that some of the optimistic convictions that people have had have been a little bit justified through one, again, acknowledging that, that you can't get and take, I, I know I've said this several times, but it's, it's very, I, I don't want my points to be misconstrued. We, none of us, nobody can, can completely and totally derive a legitimate opinion based off of Wednesday's activities. We can certainly learn from it and we can certainly, you know, pencil some things and put a bookmark in some things and, 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 and be more intrigued and, and interested by different things, but we cannot say, oh, this happened on Wednesday, boom, like this is a certainty, whether positively or negatively for the 2022 season. But I think the things that happen, again, understanding the context of it all, it was a productive day. And I think it was productive in, in the most part because of the first thing I discussed. It was a productive day because it was just about football. It was just about the Dallas Cowboys. It was just about the rush and the secondary and the pick six and Micah Parsons and Tyler Smith and left guard and who, how many reps is he going to get and who's going to split that time. And that's what I want to see. And and that's it feels good to focus on that. You know, what? it feels good to, to kind of just sit and eat this meal. Like we've been, you know, dancing around it for too long. We've been ordering. It was super long. The waiter came and ordered, but some of us weren't ready and some of us were. So we had to wait and it was awkward we had you know the chips but it was some of those chips you don't like or the or the bread but you know you didn't it, it's awkward because you ha, you know one person uses their butter knife for the butter and then do you use that knife is everybody getting the butter i mean so like it was nice to just kind of okay the meals are here let's let's take a couple of bites and then let's think about it let's digest and we'll figure more out and we'll move along uh shout out to all american rejects and uh yeah it was a good day i, I was, it was a good day and I, i'm excited for uh for the next one and the next one and the next one so um we'll have you covered obviously all throughout dallas Cowboys training camp and all throughout all times. That's literally our job at Blogging the Boys. Make sure to visit bloggingtheboys.com. Subscribe right here to the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Later on today, a brand new episode of Riled Up with Tom Ryle and Roy White. Tomorrow, you got brand new episodes, of course, of the Dallas Cowboys Daily Show with Jess Navarro. We've got a new episode of Girls Talking Boys coming your way, a new episode of the Star Seminar with Annie Phantom and Rabble Rouser. On Saturday, a new episode of the World's Team. It never, ever stops. We love the Dallas Cowboys. You love the Dallas Cowboys. Let's love the Dallas Cowboys together here on the podcast. 
Podcast Network. Let's also love the Dallas Cowboys together on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Blog of the Boys available on every single social media platform. I'm putting out TikToks, Instagram reels. I'm moving. I'm grooving. And if it isn't obvious from the last 15 minutes, I had two cups of coffee today. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Uh, with all that being said, we will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.